Hey guys, welcome to Just Listen. Just Listen. We are back. And we black. And we back and we black and we back. Hey. And we black, y'all. And we back and we black and we back, y'all. Yes, I know it has been a long time since you've heard from us. And we took a hiatus. But we had to get life together, ladies and gentlemen. Sure, you without a we know. But as a constellation, we have a very special guest with us this time. Special guest. Hello, my name is Antoine. I am a student of life. <laughs> I am Gemini. My life path is nine. And uh, that's, that's all you need to know. I deal with computers. We did say this was just listen and not okay, Cupid, right? You're <laughs> 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 not gonna swipe left on him, okay? You're not gonna do it. I'm not gonna let you. I'm not gonna let you. No, but um, yeah, this is one of our besties, guys. And he's home. For the time being, so we had to scoop him up and have him come record with us and sit and chill. Yay! And we've just come off of miraculous vacay. Which a is, mysterious journey across the seven seas. It was. We were on a boat. Which we saw. I'm on a boat! <laughs> <laughs> we saw magical sea creatures. Tons Magical. of food. food. Tons of food. It was amazing. Lots of food. Amazing. A lot of fish got it. Cause... <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, we went to Mexico with our crew. So shout out to Petty Wop. Petty Wop. Petty Rebel. <laughs> we miss you guys. Sure do. Um, and... The three of along with the three of us, we went to Cozumel and had a little vacay for life because we all needed it. Um, and it was amazing. Um, Antoine was either the luckiest or most unlucky guy in the world because he got to spend a whole week with four women. And that sounds like a dream come true to me, but you know, you know, I'm not gonna toot my own horn, but beep. Babe. Who got so, the keys to the G? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, go ahead, friend. Go ahead, friend. It, it is. It's, it's a blessing and a curse. I mean, the blessing <laughs> is that, you know, I'm surrounded by, you know, four beautiful, fine, oh, ebony goddesses. Yes. Oh, 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 yes. We will be all of that. Oh, oh. Give us all of it. Give us all of it. <laughs> Being a, a, a male persuasion, you know. Oh wait, that came out wrong. I'm my gender being. Like, <laughs> he's like, let me correct that real quick. Yes, for, for the OK Cupid profile, yeah. let him correct that right. real quick. Okay, correct. All right, all right. As a being a male mm-hmm. dealing with females, okay, preparing and getting themselves together, okay, right. It, it takes quite a bit of time. And it's, it's I, I don't quite understand all the details involved with the hair care products that you deal with. <laughs> I mean, at times when I heard your discussions, it seemed like I was listening to a dissertation. <laughs> you know, I just, okay. it was a lot. It was a lot. Was it? Yes. You like the finished products, though. The finished product, though. I, I did indeed. Go on, tell us about that. Go, tell them about the finished product, though. How how we was killing, though. I'm just saying. You guys were killing the game. I mean, the the party scene too was uh, great. You were killing the game in the nightlife as well. <laughs> we we were, in fact. Yes. And guess who we got out on the dance floor? Yes, we have created a monster. We got this That's one out on the dance floor. And if you don't know, that is a huge feat, ladies and gentlemen. So I I am a practitioner of a, a, a faith that doesn't believe in dancing. <laughs> Lies you tell. I, I could be considered dance agnostic. I don't know <laughs> whether or not there is dance. Oh my goodness. Oh god. Well, I think you just uh, reneged on your faith. 
You did. I, I, did. I did. I cheated a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. We we love you. And um you we, we created a monster. So I'm I'm perfectly okay with it though. I am too. I think I like it. I think I lied. You know you like it. <laughs> yeah. Um I I feel refreshed and I'm like glad that yeah, we're back ready to do this now. I don't think you guys would have liked us the few weeks beforehand. Y'all would have been like this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> because in real life, um things got real and I think it's exactly. important to sometimes um take don't want to take a break and to step away from things and regroup and collect Yes. Come on, realignment. And we did that. And so um, we are ready to come back to you guys better than ever. Um, the cruise um, was amazing. And just shout out to what the... What's your favorite part? How about that? My favorite part? Um, I think it was... Like spending time with you guys like on the, the decks like... Under the stars when nobody else was there, talking to like the wee hours of the morning about any and everything, um, until we had invasions of the body snatchers. <laughs> and we, <laughs> we're we, not going to elaborate on that. We're not going to. <laughs> we're not going to elaborate. We're on not. That. But if you think about it closely, you will understand. <laughs> <that> you, <laughs> You that. just caught that. Okay. Just know <laughs> winter is coming. Just. Them white walkers are devastating. <laughs> man, you gotta keep, that's why you got to keep your dragon glass on deck, man. You can't be out here without your Valerian steel, okay? You cannot. You messed up in these Westeros streets. So, but it was that was my favorite part. What was you guys' favorite part? Okay, let me let me think about that. What was what was my favorite part? Hmm. You know, I'm I'm gonna have to go with the food. The food. I I, yeah, I could believe that. It was it was uh, spectacular to say the least. Uh, it it was. Uh, well, no, I was gonna say it's the one time where I could have two entrees and be okay. But to be honest, I go to Olive Garden and I'm like, yo, let me get them two entrees. <laughs> so. Because he got money. Oh, give him all of it. Give him all of it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that. Let's just say I have a, a voracious appetite. But, uh, you know, these uh, are free. So. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. He's still trying to create this okay Cupid profile on the low, and he act like we don't. He act like we. He act like we don't see it, but we see it though. Every time he opens his mouth, he like, well. <laughs> I mean, if you're interested in an eligible bachelor, I, mean, I got you. I got Cyberscape, we got you. Just call me BET. <laughs> I would do that though, cause mm. we know their track record. That's neither here nor there. Neither here nor there. What's your favorite part? My favorite part. Oh man, it's probably between snorkeling in Mexico. Yes, that was awesome. Even though like I low key couldn't snorkel, I was like, so I feel like I'm suffocating right now. Yeah, I was like, where is this air supposed to be coming through? Right. With you? Like, so you telling me it's not gonna get under my goggles, like and drown me? Uh-uh. And, that was a bit much for me. Mm-hmm. So after a while, I just took the snorkel out and I just swam. <laughs> yeah. Which was a lot better for me because I still got to see the fish and be comfortable. And I had to take the flippers off too because that was too much. I should have did what you did and took the flippers off. I feel like. I need to feel my feet. I got to. I had to be free. You know, I can't do the mermaid situation. That's not me. It was real. It was real. But uh, yeah, probably between snorkeling and seeing all the awesome fish. And oh my goodness, my sea lion kiss. Yeah, she the got she got kissed by a sea Got kissed by a rose on the grave. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that and honestly, just spending time with you guys because like we're hardly ever like I think that's the first time we've been all together like all together. Ever. Yeah, yeah, because we're always you know split up. Everybody's out here doing their own thing, and I mean, congrats and shouts out. Speaking of shouts out, we gotta shout out somebody. This guy Come on, Black Excellence. Come on. 
okay. Mr. Mason got just just tell him because listen, because <laughs> just just let's throw a hashtag Black Excellence and then you speak. Go ahead. Okay. Right. I just uh, recently got my master's in computer science and I'm currently uh, working on my PhD. Now that's the okay Cuban profile, ladies and gentlemen. Now that's the profile. Yes. <laughs> Key part of the profile that you left out. Yes. Get him is educated. Uh-huh. He's smart. And he's smart. Get him real smart. Get him all he said, of it. You know what? For these degrees, just give me all of it. Give him all of it. <laughs> so yes, like we we had a lot to celebrate. Um, and which was good. And we had, like I say, we we just needed to take that time. So I'm I'm very glad that we did. I mean, we because we were stressed. I mean, we over here losing legends and things. No, we, really. We, I mean, really. And then we lost one while we were on the cruise. My man Muhammad Ali. I know, I know. It was just it's, it's just too much. We done lost Muhammad. We done lost Prince. I mean, it's just it's just too much. So it's too much for my spirit. So we just had to go away for a little bit, y'all. We hope y'all don't hold it against us. But uh, now that we've told you the wins and the wheres and the hows, are we ready to get into some shenanigans, ladies and gents? Oh, more shenanigans. Yes. Let's do all the shenanigans. Let's do all of it. Okay. So so what's your, what what we want to talk about first today? Well, um, while we were out and having fun in the world, one of my faves was in our hometown area of Chicago. Okay. His hometown, and that would be my fave, Common. Oh, Common. What's up, sir? So, Common decided that he wanted to bring a Peace and Hope initiative to Chicago, which was awesome. Um, They had an event in Washington Park. Okay. And it was a combination of Commons event uh, with the National Park Service. So, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys know, but shout out to the National Park because it's the 100-year anniversary of the National Parks. And that's across the entire country. Okay. Shout out. Shout out, shout out. And it's basically a celebration of our country's, like, our, just the whole nature scene and being able to explore and backwoods and mountains and beaches and all the awesome things that our country has to offer. And basically this event um, brought out kids from the community because, I mean, I'm sure as everybody knows, there's just, man, violence has become an epidemic in the city. and Just, just that, everywhere. Yeah, um, I mean, we just saw what just happened in Orlando. Prayers for yeah, everyone that's dealing with that. So, I mean, yeah, violence is everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, this initiative was just something to bring bring the kids out, bring the community out, to have a good time, come out, explore nature, and especially being in the city, you know, you don't really have too many nature options to, uh, to go to. But, I mean, Chicago, I think, is a special city because they are a big city, but they have land set aside that's specifically for, like, you know, just that place of, of peace. Uh-huh. You know, so I would just say shout out to him for making that happen and for partnering with the park service. And it looks like everybody had an awesome time. So yes, and shout out for people using their talents and like giving back. Yeah, and definitely. you know, it is important. I think a lot of times the youth kind of get left behind with a lot of things. Everybody's busy pointing the finger with gun laws and without of this. And I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, like we just want these kids to be able to go outside and play yeah. and make it to be the old grumpy people. Like, right. you know, so shout out um, for making that happen. That was actually, yeah, um, that was awesome. What else we got? Okay. So then another thing, I guess, kind of like in the same vein of reaching out to kids would be, so I was looking at this Huffington Post article and it's titled, we know how to help low income students succeed. We just aren't doing it. Well, so in this article, our writer goes on to explore, um, just different methods that have been proposed in a few different books. So, for example, um, the main book that she's citing here is by an author called Paul Tuff. I believe I'm saying his last name right. I apologize if I did not. But um, his uh, last book was How Children Succeed. And then the latest book is Helping Children Succeed. 
So basically, he um, goes through a lot of different anecdotes throughout uh, his experiences in the community. And he visited um, New York, specifically Queens and other areas, and worked with non-for-profits and educators, social workers, and other people who were professionally trained to deal with um, students in uh, low-income areas. Okay. Developing, basically, strategies on overcoming poverty. Uh Uh-huh. So I thought that that was something pretty uh admirable to do one and i wish like i mean i feel like there's a lot of different groups that do that but i wonder what could we do on a large scale where we can bring all these resources together in order to you know have like a i guess like an overall game plan you know for actually implementing these things well to get to that point because because my step back um was going to be, did she end up elaborating on why this is not being done, first of all? So we know that we have these books and we have the theories. Um, and that's just an educated education, period. Um, why, why aren't we doing it? Does she go into that in the article or have a theory on that at all? Um, I, well, her article focused more on like his delving into these actual studies but not necessarily like the ins and outs of why it hasn't been done. I mean, she kind of mentions things like it's a mixture of, you know, being optimistic and being pessimistic. So I think that because people haven't like full-blown, you know, delved into doing this with that I don't know, I guess you could say like a positive outlook, you know, people are kind of like a little bit hesitant because it's like, oh, is this really going to work on the long term uh-huh. that, uh, you know, it isn't as maybe abundant, you could say. So, so are you saying that despite the studies being done, that the results have not been significant enough for people to risk public funding for? Well, I think it's just that it's been on, like, a smaller scale. Like, it hasn't been anything on a, mm-hmm. you know, like, it's yeah. been, like, kind of small community-based in different pockets, but we haven't had, any, you know, anything that's on, like, a national-type level. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I unfortunately, I don't think it's necessarily... For those of us who care, I think it does have to be start on a smaller scale and to get the results to there for it to catch on with the with the uh, a wider net. Um, I think a lot of times there's this view that in order for something to be relevant or in order for it to make a difference, it has to go big from the very beginning. And when you have a problem that so many people have seemingly tried to solve and you have a problem that so many people have different views on how to deal with it sometimes you you know it's like that room that you've been putting all cleaning for days and it's just a hot mess and you don't even know where to start and sometimes you just got to start with picking up that first article of clothing and you know doing something about it and I think that no one wants to start it no one you know, is out there saying, let me take the risk. And unfortunately, we spend all of this time pointing the fingers at what's wrong and not focusing on the kids. We know what works. Like they say, the books are out there. But it's about implementing them. And a lot of times, because of money, because of ego, because of whatever the implementation is not being done across the board. And I was just going to point out something that, uh, you know, they had like kind of some key points in the article. And one of them was, uh, in an ideal world, what supports would be in place um, from birth until high school graduation for low-income children? And I thought that was interesting that they pointed out this question here because that's something that you know we've talked about Uh like amongst just our friends in general about how you know it would be ideal if you could get students from preschool to start molding them you know 
and but I think them. the support's got to start with the parents. I think the first thing yeah. would be from if we want to start with supports and making sure the kids have the success, I'm starting with parenting classes for the parents and making sure that they know how to properly emphasize the importance of education and how to help their kids because a lot of times I think you know even if you have a school that's all pointed target if the parents is not um on board and and going in the same wavelength a lot of times there's the discord because the child is having two different ways of dealing with uh adults two very different ways and two very different structures um but like for instance you know if you know uh, my mom worked at schools for years and you have parents who for the whole year would not come and pick up a single pork a single report card of their child and then you wonder why they're not graduating school yeah they don't care about the kids education the kids not going to care or they don't know that that's an important thing. I mean, I'm not going to necessarily say that they don't they don't care, but they may not understand that this is the message that you're sending to the child. You know, the parents may be working several hours uh, and, you know, they may feel like, well, who cares, you know, but you have to learn that it starts it starts there. It starts in the home and then, you know, from there, the schools have to be online Then. Um, you know, once you get there to me, you have at these schools now, you have to not only deal with making sure that they know the A, B, and C's, but you have to deal with the environment itself. Schools nowadays are, I mean, unfortunately, a place for everything but learning. You got to deal with cyberbullying. You got to deal with kids that are dealing with God knows what at home. You got to deal with the fact that the kids are pumped up with sugar and can't concentrate. Not because they got ADD, because half of them don't. And it's just, it's just so much. I mean, it's the environment. Those are the supports that need to be emphasized, too. If you're really talking about helping low-income kids, you know, it's just making sure that they have those resources to have the environment because I think many students in, you know, um, the, the middle and lower class environment, part of the reason why they are not as quote unquote, uh, successful as, uh, their other counterparts is because you're starting at a different baseline at the very beginning. A lot of times you're in survival mode. Resources, yeah. If you're trying to get with the survival mode and you're sitting here at school thinking about whether you got go have food at home, whether, you know, your lights are going to be cut off, whether, you know, you're going to be bullied when you're going to school. Like, it's hard for you to concentrate to what the teacher is saying. It is. And I think those are supports that need to be paid attention to in the scholastic environment as well. And I think that's why it's really admirable, uh, admirable that uh, I, I cannot even remember this educator's name. Um, who we were looking at before. Jeffrey Canada. Thank you. I could not remember his name for anything. But the fact that he actually developed that school that where there was an obligation that you as parents had to participate in the child's education. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I really feel like that's key because if you had that sort of, well, one, if you have the mindset to even enter into that kind of agreement, you're already on the right path. Yep. But two, if we could, as a society, you know, I, I guess reinvent the, the importance of education, not as just the fact that we need to learn our ABCs and our one, two, threes, but the actual psychological development that comes along with education mm -hmm. that comes along with you know learning about social interaction in the school place because i mean if you can't socially interact at school you're gonna have a hard time at work mm -hmm. <laughs> but you know learning that you that growing is a holistic process it's not just the homework yeah that i, I think it would be a whole different a completely different society because i mean it's essentially shifting our values from what we have now, which is more of like a 
I guess you could say like career centered driven society, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that because of course you want to be, you know, quote unquote successful in that like business area of your life, but you also want to be successful in the relationships area. You want to be successful with your family and all those other things that make you human. You know, you don't just live to have an occupation. Like you have an occupation so that you can live. Like that should be the purpose, you know, it's yeah. just something to provide you with what you need to get along on a daily basis. But I really feel like if we could just draw back to like those center core values, we could really change our community and, you know, ultimately our world, because I I do agree with you. I think it does start with, with communities. It starts in pockets. Mm -hmm. And if you can grow those pockets, it's a whole different mindset. Yeah. And piggybacking on what you said too, there also has to be a focus on teaching these kids that you learn not just the ABCs or for this exam. You're learning for life. I can't tell you how this testing system that we had has gotten in where as long as I get the A on the exam I could go on and forget about it out of and we don't look at learning as an enjoyable thing we don't look at learning as this process as this growth I, I would definitely say that it had that testing has damaged the integrity of learning yeah because it's supposed to be for enjoyment it's supposed to be for like satisfying your curiosity and teaching you, you know, how to think and how to process things so that you can take these skills and then transfer them into your own life mm-hmm. to better your to better yourself. So yeah, it's it's really unfortunate that in all of our trying to figure out where the bar is, how to set the bar, and can you reach the bar, you've lost all content, <laughs> you know, that you were supposed to be using to create these constructs. So Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, I guess we shouldn't be so like, maybe woe is me or like no, 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 fire and brimstone. I don't want it to come off like that because there are so many great educators who have been able to keep the love of learning alive. You know, to keep kids curious, to keep us curious. You know, I mean, I'm sure we can all think of teachers and professors that we've had that have kept us interested in school and kept us encouraged to actually pursue you know, what our interests are, so... I have many. Mm-hmm. Many. Yeah, I got a professor that, honestly, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have done computer science. I wouldn't have graduated with that degree. So, yeah, there's people who play a, a big impact. I mean, even fellow grad students, I remember being in the undergrad, there was a grad student in particular, like, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have pursued grad school myself. So, yeah, they make a big impact. So, shouts out to the teachers out there that actually love what they do, that actually not only have the know-how, but apply the know-how to reach the next generation and just realize how important that is. So, shouts out to all of you guys that um, are, are making that effort. And I think it's a dialogue that needs to be going on and and to continue because at the end of the day, that's, you know, the youth are the biggest investment. Right. Yeah. It it really is, you know. And and unfortunately, I mean, even our generation, you know, I, I, I laugh every time, you know, I hear a comment about how our generation has failed in some way, shape or form. And I'm like, well, them coins that you put in, though, them coins that, you know, we're following your example or we're trying to clean up your mess. So it's 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 an investment. And, and you know, we just cannot. Leave the youth behind. It is. It, it, it just is what it is. No children are the future. Hey. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Okay. That's why it's over here looking like, um. Yeah, it was a whole week of this, y'all. It was. This. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't come for our lives. You, you do. Love us. Uh, I love you like a fat kid. Okay. 
Well, there you go. Hmm. Um, so what do we get to next? What's going on next? What kind of mischief is there? Well, um, we promised that if you guys would write in and give us ideas for topics that we would bring them up. And we did have a person who suggested a topic. Um, one of our listeners, Gacia. Shouts out to you. Hey. <laughs> and um, she mentioned that she wanted us to discuss the idea of moving back in with the parental guidance. Uh, no comment. Um, at the, yeah. Please, please. Uh, <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. Um, no, and seriously, I mean, I, I just uh, was glancing and saw an article from, you know, the Washington Post the other day. And, you know, they were talking about how the, the shift is... Uh, is massive, you know, back in the day, like 18, you know, the parents were very excited of sending their kid out to college, and that was the end, you know, they went on, got the jobs immediately after uh, college or grad school, and they kept it moving. Right exactly, there's some 47% of, uh, I think they said 25, 26-year-olds, like, back in, back in with their parents. And, uh, for the, yeah, we, we were a part of those statistics. And it's not, you know, and, and they even noted that, you know, in, in the articles, too, that it's not simply, oh, well, you know, these kids are just lazy and want them to Ooh, sit back. So no. <laughs> Um, we're there, like you say, because of the economy, because it takes longer for us to build and get to where we want to go than it did in previous generations. Especially when you're choosing professions that are already built into, you need so much financial resources. Like if you're becoming a lawyer, trying to become a doctor, there's so much funds you need so many years before you're converting loans into income. Whoo, and them loans though. Them loans. Let's not. And with that though, um, comes a new phenomenon too because you've been off to college, right? I mean, when you left your parents, you know, like you had never been on your own. Like before we went to college, you know, you were used to being under your parents' rules. You were used to um, doing things that they're doing things their way, and that was that. We go out to school for several years, and I mean, if you were like me, like I even hit uh, in law school my own apartment. So you like you get used to having your own space, to going in and out at your own time, to Doing you. And then you have to kind of humble yourself. And go back to your parents' house. And there's this whole new dynamic that's there because you're not... The same kid you were when you left. Exactly. Yeah. Um, not a kid anymore. <laughs> but your parents still have that, if you're under my roof, then there's going to be my way. And even if you, I mean, because many of us pitch in, I know friends, yeah. you know, who will call me and they're like, look, my mama all these years said, you pay a dang on bill around here and then you can have to say so what goes on in my house. Well. And they're like, well, dang, I came home and I did pitch in on that light bill though <laughs> and on my groceries though and I can't come in at one o'clock though. What is this? So, um, it is an interesting dynamic. Like, what are, what are you guys' thoughts? Like, I mean, should they give me that look? So, you guys to go. Me or well, y'all both got to go, but should they is giving me. I mean, look, I got to start off. I mean, <laughs> well, okay. So, uh, yes, it, yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> 
<laughs> all of that. Tell all the truth, that. shame the devil. Tell okay. The, okay. Yes. All right. Y'all, y'all know it's it's been rocky seas for me. Uh huh. Um, because I am pursuing professional school, it's a it's quite the balance between that school life, um, home life, and work life, which you kind of have to do all three mm-hmm. to get to where you need to get to. And it took a lot of conversations, like a lot of honest conversations Mm -hmm. um, to get to that point of being able to coexist happily. (laughs) Uh And yeah, it took a while. Uh, Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It took a while. But I mean, I think that we, I mean, I don't want to put like that. Me and my mom are real cool. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we have our discrepancies because we do things differently. We go about, we handle situations differently. But, you know, at the end of the day, she's still my mom. And, like, I love her. We just have to be able to talk out things, you know, give our space when we need to. And then come back and, you know, talk about it when we're on, you know, more reasonable terms. And she's been very helpful and understanding about that. You know, more so late. So... Yeah, I I definitely feel it firsthand <laughs> that that pressure, but in the same light, you know, I understand that it is still a privilege because I do have kind of like that I guess safety net, you know, until I get into that until I get into a position where I can make that next step of okay, stepping off into like I'm in professional school and taking off. Mm. you know so I do appreciate it and I mean I do my part too so it's not like I'm just at home chilling it hey mom can you bring me some ice cream and hey mom can you yeah now if you I'm now if you on that mode then this conversation ain't for you because right. we gonna need you to step up your game because your yeah. mama do need to be yelling at you if you 26 and you over here like playing play, yeah playing Madden <laughs> like your ice cream but yeah, so, and I think that has been one thing why, you know, or, yeah, like why she's been so willing to, like, be understanding and what have you, because I do work, like, I work and I contribute, so it's not a thing of, she has to worry about taking care of me, you know, like, it's more of a partnership so that I'm getting to a place where, you know, at some point I can take care of her because she has done that for me, you uh-huh. know? And she's done, like, a lot. Like, stuff from even elementary school, like, sending me through private school, like, K through 12. That is no joke. Mm. That is not a laughing matter. So, you know, for me, like, the least I can do is do my best so that I can get to the next point. And then when I get to a place where I can help her, you know, I will. So That's what's up. Um, I mean, I guess for me, um, yeah, me and my mom are the best of friends and we're even more so when we have our space from each other yeah household wise like and and i think that's because try as she might like when we're when i'm in the house whether i'm contributing or not and she's always been like appreciative of the fact that i'm like you know doing my thing working all of that but it's just kind of hard. Like when when you're in, when I'm in the house, I think it was kind of hard for her to see me as an adult and communicate with me as an adult. Yeah. Like, of course, it's her house, and the ish things should be done her way. But I think that's where a lot of times we would butt heads. Um, is we had this conversation. I, I think she laughs at it to this day because she probably wanted to slap the mess out of me, but then she got it. Um, and what I told her was like, because you know, um, she would. I don't even remember what she told me, but she told me, you know, her opinion on something, and I, um, I didn't tell her I wasn't gonna do it, but like I just ended up doing it another way than what she suggested. And she's like. I'm on your team, and I really wish that you would realize that. And I'm like, Mom, mm-hmm. what I need you to understand is that, yes, I get that you're on my team. What you're not getting is that as we grow up, your position 
on my team <laughs> changes. <laughs> Like, uh, what was the name of that movie? Uh, Captain, whatever. He's I, like, look at me, look at me. I'm the captain now. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> so, you like, have to say it respectfully. Right, I did. Yeah. I did. I was like, so, so yeah, 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 I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not, qu- yeah, I was like, <laughs> I'm not questioning that you're on my team. Right. I'm just trying to get you to see that now, like, I'm quarterback in the mission and I'm calling the plays. I needed you for all of these years. And because you did such a great job, mm-hmm. I, can do that. I can now yeah. call the plays for myself. And me choosing something different than the specific advice that you gave does not mean that I didn't listen to you. Right. And that does not mean that I don't value your advice and what you have to say. It just means that I considered what you had to say. What was in my heart, my talks with God, all all that in the other, and then I made a choice. And I was like, but you made me this way. You made me the person to think on my own and to be, you know, I guess self-reliant. So now be okay with that. Yeah. And, and as time goes on, um, and the more and more we communicate, I think the easier it is for that letting go process to have and we're able to communicate. I mean, I'm always going to be the daughter. I'm always going to, you know, it's always going to be a certain thing, but I think it's easier for us to communicate and coexist. And part of that was I ended up having to suck it up and say, yeah, I wish I could save some more money, but I, I just have to get my own space so that we could continue to coexist and that letting go process could happen. And luckily, I was able to scrounge some things away a to do it. And it was hard. Um, but for those who can't have faith, it's going to be okay. Your parents love you. Communicate respectfully. Because we, we do like to see you guys alive. Don't be sitting here saying, well, they was on just listen. They had said. And now my head turned around because my mama slapped me. Like, no. Or we don't, or don't come showing up at our door when they put you out on the streets. Because you <laughs> lost your mind. Because. Because this is a one bedroom over chair. Okay. Just, Daddy, just saying. This is why she's the queen of Betty. Look. This is exactly what I'm, I'm just but saying. You, but you know what? As a, I'm sorry. No. Anton, what's your view on this? I'm, I mean, my view is a bit different on this because, uh, I mean, when I went to college, like, I was in the dorms. Then I had my own apartment. Then after that, you know, went to grad school at my own apartment so like literally when i'm at home i'm at home to visit and i'm there just for a couple of weeks then i go back (laughs) so like for me i don't really have those those issues that you're talking about and like you i barbara I, i enjoy my independence and i feel like for a while i've always kind of been like on my own dependent like even when it comes to like school stuff like oh f- figure out the FAFSA form and you know all that stuff or you know I need to fly somewhere for a conference like you know since I've always had to do that you know it doesn't really you know like I've just been used to just not really having to confer with my mom for stuff so then I feel like our relationship has naturally already come to a point where it's that you know we're no, nah, I mean, equals isn't the right word because, I mean, I came out of her. But you know what I'm saying? Like, there's, there's some, there's mutual respect. I'm just not, I mean, she probably still sees me as, you know, her child. But, like, it, it's a partnership more so, you know, because, like, I help out around the house and stuff like that. But, you know, I am doing my own thing as well in New York. So, yeah. So when you come home, do you have that... Do you feel like there's a shift or you, you, I guess you're saying you don't, you feel like you're treated as an adult? Yeah, for the most part, the only problem I have is that she'll like sleepers. So it's like, ah, oh, quiet down or whatever. But, 
you know, especially yeah. having a car, like, oh, it makes a huge difference. I could just, I can leave. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I wonder, too, if it's because you're a male. Yeah, that could, yeah, yeah, that could play a role. Like, I do feel like, for whatever reason, like, you know, when it comes to daughters, like, you know, parents are just far more prote- protective and want a baby and more, you know. I mean, it could just be, like, society, like, you know, stuff is rough out here. Like, you got males feeling entitled, like, just because, like, you know, basically your ass is, like, like gift to them like you know like, <laughs> you were so born you so were articulate. born to shake that <laughs> like, that's, that's kind of what they feel and you know when they obviously don't get what they want then they turn violent and you know I'm sure you know parents fathers you know they're thinking about that and like no like let me make sure my daughters are well protected and I mean, unfortunately, you know, like obviously there are dangers for males today. I mean, people getting shot up left and right as being a black male. But like, I just feel like there's more problems for black females such that you do have this additional pressure. Hmm. Unfortunately, so. Interesting. Thoughts, Nay? Well, actually, what my side was going to be was almost playing like devil's advocate because to some extent, I. You know, you can see where parents come from and oh, that, yeah. you know, it's, I, I mean, I can imagine that it's scary to have to have the responsibility of raising someone to be a productive member of society. Yeah. And when you let them go, you know, whether it's off to college, whether it's off to the workplace or whatever it is, their next step, you don't know. And I mean, that actually before even that, when you let them go to school every day, you yeah. don't know what influences they're getting from the outside world. And you can't control that. And I'm sure, you know, some parents would love to have that box to put around their children to say, I'm going to guard you from all the bad things. But it doesn't happen. Yeah. And so even though you know what you've placed inside of them, I don't know if they, you can never fully know a person like they know themselves. So there's that sense of uncertainty as to whether or not did you actually, what I taught you, did it take root in your heart? You know, what I taught you, have you been practicing it? And I feel like to some extent you can see that in, in who they are and who they become. But in the same light, I'm sure it's, it's probably still pretty scary to have to let go of someone that you have, I guess maybe protected and kind of just guarded, you know, for their entire lives to say, here, you now have the tools, like the same tools that I, or not the same tools that I have, but you know, like uh, the tools to be a functioning adult, I guess you could say. Yeah. So I'm going to let you do that. I guess as a counter to that, like, I mean, everything you said is correct. And I mean, their intent is admirable, but like, I feel like the issue sometimes becomes when they are overprotective, even though that is coming from a good place, it goes against their aims. Yeah. Like, you know, for example, you know, making your child be uh, more sheltered than they need to be. So then when it comes to like actually having to function and survive in society, you know, they're struggling. Like I know, at least for me, like my um, growing up, like my mom did not want me to drive at all. Like she didn't want me to learn. She. Oh, let's not talk about that yeah, one. Yeah, basically, <laughs> if, it, if it wasn't for my brother just like taking me out on his own, you know, like I wouldn't have got my license. And I, I can only imagine like how different my college experience would be if I, like I didn't have a car. So it's you know like and and in in the relationship front where it's like. By you putting all this pressure on your child, trying to, quote unquote, protect them, you're creating distance in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And if you can't, if if they feel like they can't be comfortable and vulnerable around you, then the times where they really need your advice and support, they're not going to be around to get it from you. Yeah. So sometimes you do have to be vulnerable and let them have space to then ultimately help them in the long run. And it's counterintuitive, right? Because you're kind of giving way to some uncertainty, but ultimately I feel like that's going to win the day more than trying to control everything. Mm-hmm. 
And I mean, I, I think what it comes down to is that a parent's job is never done. I mean, if we're if we're being completely honest, parent's job is never done. But um, I think the the toolkit and the way that they pass it off has to be different because we're we're at a different place. You know, we st- we're always going to need our parents. We're always going to need, you know, they're always going to have wisdom that comes with life experience that we don't necessarily have because we haven't been there. But the way we receive those tools have to be tailored to the different place that we are in life. And I think that it's a hard switch. I mean, because for the great majority of our lives, I mean, so far, it has been, um, it has been as this child, as this dependent. And we're now just getting to that place where that is the shift. So, they have to be patient with us. We have to be patient with them, I think, is the uh, the takeaway from living with your parents. Even if you don't live with it, just the change in relationships as you're becoming a young adult and um, coming into that, that new dynamic. It's a patience thing, and it's a communication thing, and it's getting over this, I don't know who told this lie, or where's the stereotype that, you know, you're not supposed to get along with your parents. Like, I mean, I just get, I'm very shocked at how often I'm looked at as weird that I have a good relationship with my parents. And I'm, I am just like, where is this lie coming from? That between certain years, you're not supposed to have good communication with your parents. Or that that's normal or okay. I don't know. It's a process. We'll see. Anything else before we wrap all of this up? Yeah. Oh Lord! I'm sorry, I'm just so musical today. Uh, <laughs> I think we, I think we got all the takeaways. I feel yeah. like we've let all of the life because they're over here. Like we hit some deep stuff. They just, they just over here laid back. If you see them, like I mean, Jesus. I, you know, I had something, but I, I can't remember what it was now because I just, I kind of got lost in your point. And I was like, you know what? That sits well with my son. So, um, I guess we'll tie this up in a in a cute little knot then. And I, I, do we have black excellence? Yeah, Spotlight. I want to do a shout out. I mean, of course, shout out to friends. Like we already said earlier, shout out to his master's degree. Shout out. Shout out. Yes. Um, but I would also, and I know this is like a month late, but I would also like to shout out to um a group of women called the Great Eight. Yes. Special shout out to them. Not just for the fact that they graduated from my alma mater. All right, all right. But all eight of these excellent black women received their PhDs together in the field of education. Woo woo! So they decided to get together and say, we're going to do this thing here. Yes. And we're going to do it well. And they had study groups, and they just got their lives and got through the entire PhD program together. And so they had their team right in 2016. Mm. Come on, team. Yes. Uh, We've been talking about this. Okay. And y'all see this firsthand, how important it is to have your sense of power forward, just all of it together. (laughs) Oh, look at you respecting the final. Yes, yes uh, the final. Yes. Now, I am. I don't know, but my besties aren't that, you know, 
Athletically inclined slash basketball. Listen, I got an award in seventh grade for my little trick shots, okay? So don't come for me. I am athletically inclined, okay? You can definitely Mm. come for me. I suck at all things athletics. (laughs) And I was a cheerleader, which is athletic. Thank you very much. I'm I'm not going to do this with you. Okay. Because, you know, the the way my spirit is set up with basketball... I'm not gonna fool with you on that chair. I'm okay, we're not gonna bring the hateration into the spotlight. We're gonna, we're gonna okay, we're gonna bring it back because I can't with their hateration. I just want to say shout out to these ladies. Hold on, I want to give you guys their names. Say their names. Yes. <laughs> Come on, say that. We speak their names. We speak their names for the right reasons this time. For okay. The, for the right. For the right reasons. reasons. Continue. Um, and I, I'm hopefully I pronounce everyone's name correctly. I apologize. If I don't, but you know, you ladies are excellent regardless. But if we don't, we're going to hear them again because they just going to be some beasts in life. So right. we'll have plenty of time to get their pronunciation so, right. right. So <laughs> so we have Demetrius Hutchins. All right. J.A. Phelps Moultrie. Okay. No, it's Jada. Oh, I'm sorry, Jada. I'm sorry, Miss Jada. You look lovely on this picture too, ma'am. Sis girl, Jasmine M. Haywood. Okay. Jahari S. Shuck. Okay. Joanna N. Rogers. Yes, ma'am. And she got her MS in education. Come on. Okay. Nadria R. Mm, this last name. Njoku. Njoku, I think. It's N J O K U. That was clutch. That was clutch, Brandon. That was clutch. Shannon McCullough. All right. Tiffany S. Kaiser. All right. That is our last of the great eight. Yay. Congrats. Congrats to each and every one of you. Keep up the great work. And I'm just so excited to see all of the great things that you are going to do. Because they are the people who are not only... Going to know how to help the youth, okay? They gonna actually apply it and do it. Right. So be on the lookout for them, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and if you guys want to read this article, there's actually a Four Harriet article about them. So it's www.fourharriet.com. Or check the link under this podcast. Link. We will be linking it. Um, for my spotlight, um, I know it is late, but since we took the hiatus, I um want to congratulate everyone that has graduated from high school, law school, graduate school, just all the schools. Um, Speaking of which, can I do a quick shout out? I I was going to go there, but yes, you do it. I'm sorry. I just want to do a quick shout out to my bestie, Rudy. Yay! Hey, love you, girl. You are awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And quick shout out to my little sis, Georgie. Mm-hmm. Love you, sis. She just graduated from high school, so she, you know, getting started on her journey. Yay. I love you guys, and you are amazing. And um, I think Jazzy graduated this year, too. Yeah, if she did, then we have to give the little oh, sissy Jazzy, Jazzy um, as well. And I have to give a shout out to all of my law school babies, um, Jenny, yay, Jenny, and um, Shaina, and Kendall, and all of that class from William and Mary. I love you guys, and... Um, it's just too many of y'all to name, and I'm looking at this time go by. But yes, all of y'all, like, oh, um, Jeanette, how can I, like, no, Jeanette, I have to name you, because, oh, she's, she's been my, like, my prospect since Notre Dame. So, ah, okay, yes, but... (laughs) Um, just congrats to, to everyone who is moving on in life. Um, sometimes I feel like, you know, on this podcast, we hopefully don't make things sound like too doom and gloom because we're loving life. We actually are, but we, you know, we do want those of you guys to know as you're starting your adventures, even if things seem scary right now, jump out on faith. This is the time. The world is your oyster and it's not going to come fast. It's not. I'm sorry. 
that's the lie they told you. If you don't have, like, no, I'm so serious. Uh, so it's it's probably, you know, very scary right now. It's probably nowhere near what you expected it to be. But that's the great thing. You can create it and make it what you want it to be. So just go out, kill the game, change the world. And, yeah, we love you guys for all of that. Shout out to Bestie for coming through and spending some time with us. Yes. We missed it, did you? We did. We did. And thank you guys for being so patient with us while we are on the hiatus. And, you know, we just thank you guys for coming back. We're back. We're going to get back to our regular schedule. Keep coming back. Yes, write in. Bring us topics, as you see. You bring us topics. We're going to talk about them. And so just remember, just just listen. listen.